Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Welcome back. Hotep Jesus. We have another wonderful discussion for you today. Another sharp, sharp conversation with Hotep Jesus. Um, before we get into our deep conversation today, I'd like to shout out our sponsor, Syscoin. Syscoin is the best of Bitcoin and Ethereum. It has the security of Bitcoin and the flexibility of Ethereum. If you're thinking about putting, I don't know, a financial system on the blockchain, maybe Syscoin is something you need to look into for all my blockchain developers looking to develop. Check out the Syscoin technology for all my speculators out there. If you'd like to speculate on Syscoin uh, in this treacherous bear market, maybe it's something you want to look, uh, look into. This is not financial advice, and we appreciate Syscoin for being the sponsor of the month and supporting us. They'll also be um, helping us out with HotepCon. And shout out to Men of Order as well. Men of Order is our official masculinity sponsor. So shout out to them for all things men. Go to menofwater.com and shout out to Twitch. Twitch is the official sponsor of HotepCon, so we appreciate Twitch. That is the commercial you saw uh, before we went live. So without further ado, I have a wonderful guest today. And I got to tell you, um, I'm really going to enjoy today's interview and mostly because I'm a brainwashed American and brainwashed Americans love the UK accent. It is the elite. Um, it reminds us of luxury and prestige. You speak the Queen's English and I absolutely enjoy it. Tanya, thank you for coming on my platform. How Not are you? problem. I'm very, very well. I even staged the set for you to look like Downton Abbey to go with the accent. So <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> we appreciate you. It looks it looks absolutely fabulous. Um, Tanya Fear went missing. That's what I saw. I typed your name in and it said Tanya Fear went missing. And I'm like, wait, what? So so please tell me, did you like have one of those like Dave Chappelle moments where you're like, I have to get away from acting and disappear? Or did somebody kidnap you or you abducted by aliens? Wow. Wow. Well, you know, Googling people is probably your first mistake. <laughs> um. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Please don't um, Google me. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I won't. I won't. Yeah. Let's just keep it on Instagram and Twitter. Yes. I'll see you there. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. Uh, gosh. Well, okay. You went there right off the bat, huh? <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I didn't even know I was planning on speaking about that one. Um, okay. So what happened? What I'll say is that, you know, my, the way I think of it is that what happened to me or, or my personal story is not as interesting as the themes that it kind of resonates with in the culture. And what came up for me around what happened to me is the culture of oversharing on social media, um, the culture of expectation that public figures must tell you every detail of their worlds now, um, the culture around mental health awareness, um mm. yeah i think i think a lot of a lot of interesting themes came up for me that are more important than you know my three or four days my three or four day mishap <laughs> <laughs> mishap that's what you're calling it a mishap no do you know what um i i have an amazing coach she's called dale madison titus and she's based in south africa mm. and we call what happened to me a supernova Mm. So 
what happened to me, what I'll say about what happened to me is that it was a supernova. And, you know, sometimes when you level up in consciousness, it can look a little messy. Mm. Um, yes. Uh, but I think that, you know, I, I don't want to enter into any sort of culture around victimhood or sitting in a place of, um, sitting in a place that resonates in the realm of hurt or, 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 you know, my, my experience is defining me because mm. what's happened to me is not what's happening now today with you today together, we're building thoughts and, and we're building realities together, mm. you know? So mm. I appreciate you asking and you know, when the book comes out, we'll, we'll do that whole thing. But, um, you, do, you have great, you have great training cause you haven't answered my question yet. So you have great training, <laughs> great media training. She, she just danced around that question. Like, <laughs> well, basically it's not well, really well, anybody's well, business. <laughs> I like that. But that I like being, that response. That, that being said, you know, the groundswell of emotion around my missing period mm. touched me deeply. And um, I think, you know, touched a lot of people because it, it was a moment that, that was very vulnerable. It was very vulnerable. Mm. It was very mm. vulnerable. And so, you know, the eyes were on it. The eyes were on my vulnerability and, you know, that it's interesting. It's heartening. It's heartening to know that people really cared about me and care about me and support me. So you said level up in consciousness, right? And um, this is something I experienced, yeah. right? So uh, when yeah. you went missing, I went missing, right? I, I also had a, a situation. I wasn't famous enough at the time for people to care about me going missing, but I sort of went missing, but not like that, right? So... Mm. I leveled up in consciousness. I changed my name. I threw out my clothes. I changed my wardrobe. Um, I left my job. Uh, I, I, I dumped my own company. Like I dissolved my company. So I know what you mean when you say that it's sort of like a supernova and there's a level yeah. up in consciousness and it can be sort of chaotic. Right. And now I'm coming yes. back. Yeah. I wouldn't say I'm coming back down, but it, it feels like that, like maybe coming back down to earth. But tell me, when you say yeah. this level up in consciousness, what do you mean by that? What What are you becoming conscious of? <sighs> wow, that's mm. a great question. Is it yourself? Is it, yes. is it the world? Is it you in relation to the world? Is it all of the above? Yeah, it's all of the above. Mm. It's all of the above. You know, I think... I think a driving, a, a driving intention for my, the last few years of my life was that I noticed such similar patterns were happening over and over. And there was a sort of, it felt like life was like, had been on a loop for a while. Mm. And I, you know, I did not want to sit in a place of trauma because my deep core does not see myself as that God does not see myself in, in that realm, you know, mm. but I, 
I had to, I had to undergo an experience in which I was able to go to, you know, what people might say, see as the lowest point, but it was, it was an excavation. It was like, you know, let's just get all the muck out of there. Um, and following that point, I made a commitment to myself that I would be in the best health. I would, I would make sure that the simple, wholesome solutions would work for me. I would believe in the power of God and I would believe that my mind is strong. Mm. And that's exactly what's happened. You know, I, I feel in the strongest position that I've ever been in my life. I know I'm never going to go back to a place like that again. I, I just, it's, I'm grateful. I'm thankful. And if, if mishaps along the way come, I know that I have such a deep foundation of faith and of peace and, and belief. And yeah, I'm, I'm glad, I'm glad. I'm, I'm glad I experienced those kinds of deaths. I'm, I'm hearing two worlds collide. I'm hearing mm. God or Christianity and consciousness or spirituality uh, collide. And yes. to me, sometimes these things are synonymous, one being the upper, one being the lower. Are you Christian? Do you go to church? Uh, yes, I, um, I, I've certainly like gone to church for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, I, yeah, I have a deep relationship with God, you know, and it is, it's relationship rather than religion. Mm. Um, so yes. And, and I, I study the Bible every day and it's, Do you? it's yeah, yeah. It's just, hmm. I, I need it. <laughs> need it. Interesting. <laughs> It's wow. in me. It's mm. just, you know, I, I, my voice was set free through this process. Mm. I can't explain it mm -hmm. other than to say it's God. Mm. Do you believe in the law of attraction? Um, yes, to a degree. Yes. What is that? Yeah. What is that degree where it stops? I guess. Cause you're saying mm. to a degree. Yeah. Or, or yeah. you're saying that. Well, I mean, God takes over at some point. Yeah, I I think we can always we can always reorient to a position of strength mm. no matter what happens. But we can't we can't predict what's going to happen, but we can always reorient to a place where even if I have nothing but the birds outside my window. Mm. Then there's peace. There's peace in that, you mm, know? Mm -hmm. So yes, I believe that we can work on ourselves and we can work on our health to get to a position where, you know, because I, I, I really do believe in that gut brain connection, for example. And I really do believe in um, the importance of exercise and we can get ourselves into a really strong position where we are not triggered in the same ways that we've previously been, if we, if we put these, you know, safeguards in place for ourselves and, and we make sure we're strong. Um, so yeah, is it law of attraction? Yes, to a degree, because my eyes are focused on the good. Mm. And so, yes, of course I'm attracting more of the good. Yeah. Mm. Is it safe to assume mm. you had a good relationship with your dad? I love my dad. I love my dad. You know, they're. You're mixed, right? 
I'm mixed. I'm mixed. Um, my mom is black from Zimbabwe. My dad is white from England. Oh, I love my parents. your mama black. Yes. And your and your daddy's the Caucasian. My daddy's a Caucasian from UK. From the UK. And your mama's from Zimbabwe. Uh, yes, yes, my mom is from Zimbabwe. Mm, interesting, interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, why, why do you say, why do you say that's interesting? Uh, well, I can be a bit superficial at times and, mm -hmm. um, you know, we joke about this on our Thursday show, Hotest been told you, and I say, you know, light skinned girls are elite and the most elite of light skinned girls are the mixed ones. Um, of course I'm going to get in trouble for saying these things, but that's the <laughs> things we say on this channel. <laughs> Don't touch it. Don't touch that. I have nothing to add. <laughs> Don't touch that. Don't touch that. But we're going to talk about identity. Did yes. you ever feel like you had to choose? Hmm. Like, yes. Yeah? Yes. Well, yes. How, how do you deal with that? And then in, and in have you chosen? And where? What? what have you chosen? <laughs> <laughs> man, <laughs> I like these questions. You know, there's so much going on with that, isn't there? Yes. Because it, it's, it's, it factors into so many realms. Um, have I chosen? I no. I I live in the fullness of my identity, and I'm equally proud of both sides. But it's taken work. It's taken work. Um, I'll try and I'll try and kind of explore both sides of what's going on. Um, for example, light skin privilege. Mm -hmm. This was something that I I felt a lot of guilt around. Mm. I felt guilt around the fact that I I cannot fully resonate with the experiences that my mother went through. Mm. I cannot. And this is a source of heartbreak for me. Um, you know, I, I, I'm a part of Hollywood. So I understand that there are these dynamics at play. Um, and, you know, how can, I, how can I be confident in my own voice if there's a question mark around why I'm in the room? And is that question because someone sees me as more attractive as someone else because of my skin shade. So, so therefore my presence there is undermined or my presence there is, is of one in the realm of suspicion or, you know, it's, it was really hard to, it was hard to gain the confidence in myself to be a representative for myself with the knowledge that I am a black woman, but also with the knowledge that I am a mixed woman and with the knowledge that I love my white father and with the knowledge that being mixed race inherently exposes you to both, to di two different sides of a culture that, you know, may not say the same things around each other all the time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the pain that comes with that the confusion that comes with that, the uh, where do I sit in all of that? You know, I think what we're going to see going forward is a lot of these um, 
the, the, a lot of identity questions around being mixed race because of course it's it's it, it's exploding you know you guys love all your interracial stuff um so <laughs> So, you know, we're, we're going to have to reckon with what that identity means for us because, you know, we're in this together and then it's not changing for a while. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not Definitely not for yeah. a while. Yeah, especially now. Yeah. So you acknowledge that you have light skin privilege. I acknowledge that there are reasons beyond my control as to why someone might listen to me or someone might give me more attention or someone, you know, yes, I acknowledge that. Yes. Mm, mm, mm. But what I can't do is silence myself within that because that is an ideological cage. I believe it's a superpower. Okay. I believe that all attractive people have a superpower because you could have been born ugly, right? And nobody likes ugly people. Um, <laughs> don't respond to none of my, my antics. This is just, <laughs> it's just banter, okay? <laughs> but I believe that attractive people have a superpower and with this superpower comes tremendous responsibility. And the mm. fact that you are light-skinned means you have a superpower. You know, I believe that light-skinned people might be the second most powerful people on the planet next to white women, okay? But I think they're giving white women a run for their money. But light-skinned women get to travel in both worlds, which means they are a bridge to create good relations between the races. Which means because mm. they can enter some doors, others can't, it mm. allows them the ability to create good for the world. Agree, disagree, does that mm. make sense? I hear you. I hear you. And I'm with you. And I think that that was part of the impetus for me to, to go, okay, no more shrinking myself, mm -hmm. no more hiding, no more resting in the realm of, of guilt um, because I do have something of value to contribute because of my experiences and it is what it is. What, what I, what I am, what I look like, it is what it is. For example, I was raised in a two uh, parent household and we were well off. We lived comfortable for a yeah. very long time. I felt guilty of that. I'd felt mm. guilty that I had family members who lived in poverty and I didn't. And I'm like, how is this my second cousin? We hang out all the time, mm -hmm. but she's mm -hmm. going to go home to a household where she's going to witness domestic violence, drug abuse. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go back to my household and everything's just honky dory. You know, every day's a, a mm -hmm. perfect day. Right. So mm -hmm. I felt bad. Right. But I think that everyone in this world is born with, certain advantages and disadvantages based upon yes. how society is rotating at the time. And I think you yes. were blessed with many advantages and I think you've grown yes. to not feel guilty of those. And I commend you for that. Um, but this isn't a conversation of identity and identity is a huge, huge 
um, I wouldn't say problem, but um, tell me what what identity means to you, and 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 what and 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 why you think this is a paramount discussion. Okay, man, there's a lot. There's a lot. <sighs> okay, okay. Well, let me just figure out because I, I am I I am I am in some ways an identitarian. I am. I love my identity, right? Like, I am this mm. um, black man, right? Mm. Uh, who some would deem handsome. I look in the mirror and I'm like, damn, I'm pretty ugly. But people say I'm handsome, so I have to take their word for it, right? So, okay, yeah. so I have that advantage. I have the advantage of having a mum who wanted me to speak proper English, so I'm very well versed yeah. in the English language, and I have all these great dis uh, advantages. I'm also labeled mm. Hotep and and these things, but I've come to enjoy my identity, and mm. and, and 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 really live in it and bask in it. Mm. It's great mm. to be an educated, a self-educated black man with dreadlocks mm. in America, mm. with. Mm -hmm with a strong two parent household. Like I'm, I'm almost an anomaly, mm. you know? Mm. And I love yes. it. But I think there's a lot of yes. people out there who have, who get wrapped up in their identity in a, in a, in a, in a maybe in a negative way. I don't know. What, what are your thoughts? Yeah. Okay. So one of the greatest treasures in my life is my pen pals. Mm. I have a, a couple of people that, you know, it really is a lost art, you know, writing, letters or emails um, and discussing the issues of the day. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I was I was talking to one of my pen pals last week, um, a great Zimbabwean thinker called Tinashe Sibanda. Mm -hmm. And he he just he, he presented the most eloquent point around what is going on in our culture right now that I, I had to memorize it. And I said to myself, I got to tell Hotep Jesus about this. He said, <laughs> he said, um, okay, let me get this right. Okay. There is, there is a reward structure heavily embedded in our society regarding identity expression and the reward, the reward distorts our perception of reality. Mm. Okay, that's deep. Explain. I was like, whoa, okay, I need to just type that down. Mm. So the way I see it is the people in power, shall we say, mm -hmm. they recognize they recognize that, you know, we're not just the science. We're not just cells and molecules or whatever. Clumps of when cells. Someone yes. When someone rises to prominence, they rise on a story. They rise on memories. They rise on dreams. They rise on hopes. They rise on faith. And so this story that we tell about ourselves as individuals and the way that it it resonates throughout the culture. This, this has a currency. And so what, what is going on is that I think people who, who see themselves as cultural innovators and leaders, what we need to be looking at here is what kinds of consciousness are being rewarded in our society? Mm. And what does that evoke in the deeper collective consciousness? Mm. Are we setting our own leaders up to fail 
by rewarding, by rewarding victim consciousness. I mean, like, I, this is, I just like, I just love my pen pals because we really talk it out. Like we talk it out. Um, and so, you know, it's important. This is the kind of important stuff for us to really be looking at when we're course correcting, you know? Mm. 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 Because the, the reason it distorts reality is because some people are winning in this story. Mm-hmm. They are winning. Mm. They are profiting mm. in this story. But what does it do to the collective and what does it do to our leaders of tomorrow? Mm. What does it do to our minds? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So it reminds me of a lecture I did on uh, feedback loops, right? And as influencers, mm. uh, we can either be empowered or become a victim of a feedback loop. For example, if I go online mm. and I make fun of people all day and I go viral off of that, I might go, okay, Mm -hmm. this is the thing I need to continue to do. Now, if I come online and I say, hey, I want to spread love, light, and positivity, but I don't get as many likes as when I hate on other people, I may say, okay, this isn't giving me enough reward, so I'm going to choose the thing that's going to give me a reward. Now, as I'm rewarded for doing the negative thing and putting that out into the Mm -hmm. universe... I'm creating Mm. more of it. Mm. Not only that, because of my success in this reward system, somebody's going to come along and copy me and think this is the way to success. So we start exasperating the issue. Yes. And this is something I noticed with myself, especially during the Trump era, where I was like, let me create, I'm a Libra, so we always want to create some sort of balance. So I I dialed back some of that stuff to give people like, like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna drop this tweet. It might not do the same numbers, but it still needs to be said. Love needs to be invited and shared, Mm. you know? Mm. Um, Yes. And I see you do that a lot, right? Like you come online and um, you'll share a tweet and it's very um, angelic. I would say you're doing a service to society. You're doing a service to the collective consciousness. And Mm, then I see you make the video and you do this every day. What is this? What is this thing that you're doing? You're you're trying to contribute to positive collective consciousness or do you feel pushed? Yeah. What's going on with this? Yeah. For for the people that don't know, like you got to go follow on Instagram. You got to follow on Twitter. Like she just like you wake up in the morning, just get light and you just feel better. My bad. Go ahead. Yeah. I just... One thing I've been doing consistently um, recently is doing morning prayers, Mm. but I didn't, I didn't just want to say anything because people need specific prayers to get them out of certain situations. Right. You are very specific. Yes. Yes. You're like, if you have an eating disorder and I'm like, that's very specific. (laughs) I'm like, this one is for you. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly, I need to give out a warning the night before, like, watch out, because I'm praying for you in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's very, I, you're right, it's very specific. Yes, because, you know, I just know that people have prayed 
specific prayers for me. And it's gotten me all the way out of mess. Mm. Um, and so what can I do to give back? Well, you know, I would say that when I was a teenager, I drew a picture of myself in the future. Well, actually, I had a, a boyfriend, young a boyfriend at the time. I was 17 and um, I, I, drew, I drew a picture of both of us. And I remember this little picture that I drew. And um, on the one side, it was his future. And on the other side, it was my future. Mm-hmm. And in his future, he was a rock star. And in my future, I was a writer for Vogue magazine. Okay. Um, well, that didn't happen, <laughs> but I, I, but I, <laughs> I, I know that there, there was always something around the written word that, that was meant for me. Um, but I, you know, I, I, there have been people over the years that have said that I'm too much. I'm a lot. I'm, I'm deep. I'm too deep. Why are you too, why are you so deep? You're weird. You're crazy. <laughs> so I, you know, I tried, <laughs> I did try to kind of, you know, seem like cool, you know, cool and can get down <laughs> with the celebrity stuff of the day. Yeah. Uh, but I can't, that's not where my voice sits. And so I had, I had to work through myself to get to a place where my voice sits and Mm. fortunately I was guided by some some elders that were just on point with what they could see in me and and they sort of gently guided me towards my voice but it was my voice sits in in a a realm that's somewhat different to my peers and even my closest friends and I I understand this but it's it's certainly been a journey and I have to embrace the fact that uh, my the way my mind works is like <laughs> um, and it's just about how can I bring it to this and how can I bring it to this? How can I bring it to this and how can I bring it to this? How can I, you know? Tanya Fear, let me Google her one more time. I was going to ask you. Well, just let me ask you. You stop that. <laughs> What is your sun sign? Are you are you a Aquarius or something? I'm a Capricorn. Oh. I don't know about the different type kinds oh, of signs. You're a Capricorn. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, no. Although, what did you think I was a Leo? I uh, <laughs> I had you down for um. Nah, definitely not a Leo. You're definitely not a Leo. No, Leos are I. Okay. I have had enough of Leos. Um, <laughs> I, I, I took you for, uh, an air sign. Um, but you're actually, I think Capricorn's an earth sign. Um, yeah. Capricorn's yeah. an earth sign. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. So you're very well grounded. All right. That, that does make sense. Okay. Um, I'm sorry. Anyway, let's get back. Okay. Let's, let's get back. I Thank don't, you. I don't know enough about this area. I don't know you know, enough about this area to. It's unimportant. It's unimportant. Um, it was, for, okay. it was just for me. I was trying to, yeah. um, shout, th- shout out to my super chatters. I get to you guys, uh, in a moment. Okay. So let's, let's, let's bring things back. Okay. Yeah. Celebrity drama. Everybody wants to talk mm. about it. Right. 
my yes. previous company that I dissolved was an entertainment yeah. blog. That's exactly what yeah. we covered. All mm. of the pop stuff. Yeah. And I dissolved it because I said, I don't want to give people this. I want to give people mm. something different. It no longer resonated mm. with me. I had grown in mm. consciousness, like you said. And also, yes. you know, I can really um, relate when you say uh, people think you're weird. So you do weird things to try to fit in. Right. Like, all right, yes. fine, let's let's talk about, you know, Kim Kardashian's butt or whatever the conversation is of the day. Right? right. Exactly. So you you lower yourself. Yeah. Why are we lowering ourselves? Is it too? Are we making ourselves comfortable or other people comfortable? Both. Both. Mm. Both. Um, because it's it's the tribe, you know? Yeah. Not many people are, are willing to step out of the tribe. Mm. Um, because, you know, that means a lonely road. Yes. But I... You know, if this is any comfort to someone who feels a little um, different than the tribe mentality, I did a tweet the other day just to quote myself here. Please do. I said, um, <laughs> I said, <laughs> I said, the words of people who step out of the crowd create new realities and then the crowd follows them. And so there, there is a value and there is... There is there is a value. What what is that noise? <laughs> that was that was our celebration sound. That was a wonderful oh. quote. In fact, say it again, please. The words of people who step out of the crowd mm. create new realities and the crowd follows them. Mm. Mm. So you know, if that brings any comfort to people who feel like weirdos, then you know. I'm, I'm, my heart is with you. My heart is with you. I believe, and you tell me if I'm wrong, that if you mm. ever feel in a situation where you got to dumb yourself down and talk about Kim Kardashian's bum, um, yeah. run, R run like hell, get away from those people. You are probably better off mm. alone than you are around these people. You need to be around people like you, people that are going to help you grow. Um, the, yeah. the hard part is often these are the closest people around us, right? So, for example, I tell mm. people, um, mm. don't seriously date until you know uh, three factors about yourself. Okay. Um, your religious ideology. I need this one, please. Sorry, go on. <laughs> religion... What do I need to know? <laughs> religious ideology, political ideology, and economic ideology. And... Not only do you need to know all of these, you need they need to be battle tested. They need to be debated heavily. And if you can't mm. defend your stance strongly with evidence, you don't know yourself yet. Right. So. I think all these things sort of shape what your personal life may look like, because, you know, how you spend mm. your money says a lot about you. You know, how you uh, talk to God or if you talk to God says a lot about you. Right. Your political stance. Mm. There's a lot of people out here that don't have a political stance. They think they do. Right. They just follow mm. whatever the timeline says. But do they really have mm. a political stance? Have they actually studied the politics of things? Right? right. So, you know, I tell people, you know, even with friends, understand that the friends you have now, I'm talking to young folks, um, mm. may not be your friends in the future because you're going to grow apart. <laughs> 
they're going to grow in one direction. You're going to grow in another direction and they're going to grow. Right. So, so, yeah. you know, if you find yourself growing and your friends are stagnant, it's hard to leave them because these are your friends. You've probably known them since grade school or they might be family members. So it's mm. going to be hard. But I think that, like you said, become that new voice and maybe they follow. That was, that mm. was wonderful advice. That was, that was beautiful. Um, yeah. Okay. So let's come back. Okay. Um, identity. Hmm. Um, in America, identity is a huge thing. I don't know about the UK, mm. but. Well, whatever goes on in America, we get it. We'll get it over here eventually. What so, you, yes. What, what do you mean? Well, whatever is going on in America seems to filter out into the consciousness of, of the whole world. You know, mm. that's the level of cultural dominance, you know. I mean, uh, growing up, I would watch, you know, Sister, Sister and. Oh, I love that show. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and like American cultural products, because this is where we would see black people. Mm. Um, so, yes, whatever is going on in America, it hits us eventually. Mm. OK, so. Some. I call them red whites. These are white conservative Republicans. I call them red whites and the other ones I call blue whites because um, this is their political system. Black people ain't got shit to do with this. Um, if I say I'm black and I'm proud to be black, they might find that offensive. They might say, mm. no, you're an American. Mm. Right. Mm. Um. And then the, 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 the blue whites will weaponize my identity. Mm. Right. And they'll also try mm. to dictate how I should think and feel based upon my identity. Mm. Mm. Right. So if I'm black, yes. I must be a victim. Mm -hmm. Right. And if I'm not mm -hmm. acting as if I'm a victim, if I'm not acting as if white people are destroying my life, then I'm a salad and I'm a coon. Right. Mm. But all of this is driven by identity, right? Cause it's driven by between, I, I believe I'm black and I believe I'm white, mm. but I believe that there is a priority of identity. Mm -hmm. What is the first thing you identify as? Yes. Yes. Is the first thing you identify as is your physical body. Mm. And your mm. physical attributes. Mm. So what do you identify as? I know what I didn't. I'll go after you ladies first. But okay. what do you identify as? How do you identify yourself? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> do you want me to go first? <laughs> you go first. Yeah, I want to okay. see what you say. I. Oh. Uh, it's, it's okay. So it's hard for me to put in words because I immediately go to my higher self. Right. Mm. I look at myself as being Jesus like uh, no pun intended mm. with the whole tab Jesus thing. Right. Mm. But mm -hmm. I identify mm -hmm. as someone who has a duty to all of humanity. Yes. Now, yes. that is my first identity. Do what's right for all of humanity. 
and God mm. will bless you, right? But I'm not mm. doing it because God blesses me. I'm doing it because I was born with this fucking conscience that makes me do good things all the time. But anyway. Um, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. Um, I can't even yeah. kill, I can't even kill bugs sometimes. Um, mm. So anyway, um, so that's how I identify, right? I identify as yeah. that first. Yeah. Then I come down yeah. and I'm like, okay, I'm a black man. And because yes. I'm a black man, I do believe I have a duty to black people. First and foremost, mm. mm -hmm, mm -hmm, in the physical mm -hmm. plane. Now, because my yeah. first plane of existence supersedes race, mm. everything I do for black people is with the intent to help all people. For example, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. reparations, right? Mm. Huge conversation in America. Um... You mentioned reparations and the red whites lose their mind. Ah, oh, you guys don't need reparations. Why do you need reparations? Blah, 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 right? They lose their mind, right? They hate the conversation. Yeah. yeah. So the left never wants to give us reparations. They just kind of want to dangle it like a carrot we'll never get. So mm. this is the predicament we're in. So I go, mm. okay, how do we make everyone happy, right? Because my mm. higher mind. Mm. But mm. I believe black people deserve some sort of reparations. So I mm. said, I got it. Dems must pay. Basically saying the blue whites must pay for the reparations. Now we've taken mm -hmm. a group of individuals, the red whites, this is the right wing, mm. and now they're like, that's a great idea. Mm. You see, the problem is nobody wants to say that they're operating out of self-interest. This is why I hate liberalism. Mm -hmm. I hate all forms of liberalism. I plan on doing a video about this, but I hate all forms of liberalism because liberalism says, oh, we're out to create equality for all. No, you're a damn liar. Okay. I I'd rather you create a group right. and say, hey, I, uh, I'm out for my self-interest. Okay. I can trust mm -hmm. that individual. I can't trust a liberal, but I can trust someone who says I'm out for my own self-interest because that's, that's truthful. So let's mm. reel it back in. Since I know everyone is operating for their own self-interest and I know that red whites don't want to be responsible for paying reparations and they should not be responsible for paying reparations because white people can, I can make a case for white people get reparations. But anyway, they like this idea of the blue whites. Why? Because it works in their self-interest. Yes. You see that? Yes. But yes. prior to me creating this idea, these people were apprehensive to the idea of reparations. Mm. So I asked myself, I'm not that brilliant. I'm not uh, some sort of God. Why nobody mm. else thought of this? Because mm. they're stuck in their identity. Mm. And they haven't reached their higher identity. I digress. Mm. That was very well said, yes. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. I try mm. to speak well every once in a while. Well, we hear you. So what is your identity? Oof. Well, I, my answer is going to be short. Short of that. Um, uh, you know what's crazy? Listen to this. Mm -hmm. I I didn't even realize for like a week and a half that I was the only person of color within fifty miles. Mm. I didn't even realize. Mm. So, like, I forgot. I just forgot. Mm. 
Really? Um, yeah. And when so when it hit me, I was like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> Why did it hit you, though? <laughs> huh? Why did it hit you? Was, was it like, just? Oh, a- yes. <laughs> I don't, I no I think I I think I ended up having a conversation with a, another lady here about race and I was like oh yes race um <laughs> ah didn't hit you okay I've, I've just yeah I've just been so I've just been so enveloped in the natural world because I'm I'm in a really remote part of Scotland and so you know my my main focus is these hills and the trees and the lake and the birds um, and really, I forgot. Mm. Um, so I guess that's where the light-skinned privilege stuff can happen. Mm. Um, you so light, you forgot I, you was black. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For a whole week and a half. <laughs> I took a vacation. <laughs> I, You know, I can relate because... I was taking a uh, a trip to Idaho, right? Just recently, I took a trip mm-hmm. to Idaho, and my homie says, "Well, how many black people did you see after I landed?" And I'm like, "Yeah, damn, I hadn't even thought about that." So then, as I'm yeah. recalling, I'm like, "Wait, I was the only black guy on my flight," and then I'm like, "I hadn't <laughs> seen a black guy since I've been in Idaho." So you're right, like I can kind of relate. Yeah. 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 So what does that say about, like? The person who does think about that, right? The person who says, oh my God, I'm the only black person here. Doesn't that say like they have some sort of maybe insecurity or or victim mentality? Well, I mean, you know, let's not throw it all away because it's, you know, I think for many people, it is a very real question of safety, physical and emotional. that has been um, that they have felt has been proven for them in their lives. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, for example, when I lived in L.A., I, you know, I I was stopped by the police driving maybe two or three times. Mm. And um, one of the times um, the police took my keys away and let they and I was just sitting there and then this white woman gets her phone out and she starts filming what's happening and I'm like just like oh my gosh you know I've seen the videos about what this is about um and I was terrified and um you know I it, it was hurtful it was a really hurtful situation because I had done nothing wrong mm. but the fact that they'd taken my keys away I was like what do you think is about to happen here? This is, I've not heard of this one before. Um, it might've been because I was driving a busted car and the car was pretty busted. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was the white woman being eternal, but continue. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, you know, it, it is, it's real. It's, it's real. What people go through is, is real. And, uh, you know, yeah. I've seen it for myself and I've been, been there for myself and, the work that I've done on myself, well, you know, first of all, it's at the level of words. Uh, one, one caution that, that I have around certain language that we use or that people like to use, we need to protect minorities. Cancel culture is good because it protects minorities. 
We need to protect minorities from their own actions. You know, what is that? What are we saying with that? Because to me, that sounds like you think that minorities, perceived minorities, are weak and out of control. Mm. And that is not true. So how about we switch the language and our response to the language? And how about we work through triggers to the point where, where we're unshakable and word, you know, words don't carry such resonance so that we can walk through our lives without multi-layered assaults. Yes, there are assaults. There, are, there, are, there is danger, absolutely. But we can mitigate some of that for ourselves in how we choose to look at it. Mm. I was thinking the other day about um, this whole thing of like, when white people say, oh, I like your hair, can I touch your hair? And, <laughs> and you know, that's happened to me several times. Yeah. Um, and <sighs> I used to feel quite affronted by that because it's like, I'm not your pet, like, get your fingers out of my hair. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but at the same time, you know, now people will think, oh, she's just too forgiving and she's making excuses and whatever. But maybe some people culturally are taught to address the differences in the room first before they enter a point of commonality. Mm. And that comes off as an awkward interaction. So can we reframe that experience for ourselves? Like, okay, this is an awkward interaction happening. Mm. That's that, mm. you know, yeah. it doesn't like, we don't have to bring it back to the, our deepest ancestral pain every time yeah. because it's so draining. It's draining. Yes. Yes, it is. I, I, I've had something similar happen. Did I cut you off? I'm sorry. No, no, that was it. That was it. That I was, was it. I was in Africa, Tanzania to be yeah. exact. And I was sitting at lunch with a coworker who was an elderly white woman from the Deutschland, Germany. And mm. um, as we were sitting uh, on the coast of the Indian Ocean, she asked to see my hair, I have dreadlocks. And mm. I have to tell you that as she was playing with my hair, this elderly white woman, I felt very sexy. I felt wanted. I felt desired. Hmm. Okay. And I was thinking about that because I said, you know, most black people probably would have cussed her out. Right? Yes. So I gave yes. her the warning. I said, listen, you can absolutely play with my hair. I will enjoy it. Take a look and, and see dreadlocks. Cause I know mm -hmm. she hadn't been up close with a dreadlock a day in her life. Yes. Right. But I let her know. I said, you know, that some black people would find this offensive. And because she's from the Deutschland, she was like, really? And I said, yeah, yeah, but I'm not. Yeah. So feel free. Yeah. I yeah. want you to experience that. And I think it's yeah. these barriers that we create that cause the animosity between the races, because, you know, I'm not yeah. allowed to smell her to see if white people smell like dogs or to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, That's not what I thought you were going to say, but let me not add to the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> but 
I would like to play with a white woman's hair to see how that texture is different from mine, right? And yeah. Study it. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, because it's the same texture of of a dog, but you know. Um... <laughs> oh, please stop saying that. <laughs> I make random inappropriate <laughs> comments. It's just what I do. Um, That's interesting. You know, the thing is, uh, I came from a very special background. I came from a background yeah. where um, we were upper middle class, but my dad was like this radical black nationalist. And my mama- It would happens. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. And my that mama, makes sense. Yeah. And my mama would cuss me out if I came home with a white girl. You know, like there's a common thing. If she can't, if she can't use your comb, don't bring her home. Okay. And I hadn't released this pseudo hate of white people until a couple of years ago, right? Yeah. And I, yeah, I, same. I, really? Yeah. No way. Way. You had that that hatred towards them. Mm hmm. Yeah. Or well, certainly, you know. Not, I, I can't go all the way to say hatred, but certainly slight discomfort and suspicion. Yes. Explain. Well. Is this since childhood? Is this conditioning from parenthood? Is this conditioning from the history books? It's probably a combination of everything, isn't it? Mm. Um. Again, it, it, it's, it's a process, you know, think of me, right? So I've got a mother and a father who are members of groups, groups that are told that, you know, this is the oppressor group and this is the victim group. And, and you know, my parents are divorced. Um, and so I grew up with my mother primarily, although my father has always been in my life. Um, but, you know, there, there was hurt around that. There, mm. was, there was hurt around that. Um, so I, I certainly think that, the, you know, him not being there every day started a sort of, um, I don't know, I guess it's, it's a distance. It's a distancing. Yeah, it's a distancing mm. um, around my white side, which I had to rebuild. I had to rebuild trust because... I love all of my family deeply and there's nobody who's a monster on either side, you know, mm -hmm. truly, this is the truth. Mm -hmm. um, but that, you know, it's, it's something I've certainly had to reckon with and, and to look deeply at myself, you know, because you, sometimes we can count ourselves out of opportunities. Mm -hmm. You know, we can, you know, we can count ourselves out of love, out of true friendship, mm. if we have these ideas festering in our subconscious. And and so, you know, and we find it a lot with um, the female victim consciousness and that and feminism and all of that. Um, this kind of bubbling under the surface of hatred of men. And that's one thing. When I first started going to church, I very intentionally prayed that I wouldn't hate men or that I, that I would be able to see the good in men because my experience for such a long time felt, I felt so objectified constantly hmm. that I, um, I, I couldn't reckon with myself because I just like, it's either like 
you know, take off all the makeup and just, just like, you know, try and, you know, or get unwanted attention mm. um, and get lots of it and then get people projecting onto me like, you know, this whole thing of like, I was talking about this with my coach the other day. It's like, if someone else perceives you as the temptress, for example, mm. but you're just being a nice person and you're just talking, what responsibility do you have in that space when someone has characterized you as this? Do you, is there a responsibility for you? Or is it, you know, wh where can we, where can we draw power? Where can we take our power back? What can we take back to just keep ourselves in uh, solid? Because I, I truly felt, you know, when the Bible talks about, you know, if, if you need to, cut your eye out or if you need to chop your hand off do it i i felt that the eyes of men were kind of taking me apart that mm. i felt so objectified for a long time and i had to reckon with how much am i playing into this what can i do to correct this what is unresolved in myself that's inviting this what am I, what is my focus on um, that's leading me towards these this, these kind of eyes. Um, why do I keep noticing these eyes? Um, mm. And I really wanted to be, you know, I'm grateful for the way I look. I take care of myself, etc. Mm -hmm. um, we are but all grateful I think for how you that, look. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the challenge, the challenge in the matrix um, of an attractive woman, for example, is to achieve true connection. Yes. Do you like me for do you like me for me? Mm. Do you like me for me? Are you listening to me because I'm smart and interesting or are you listening to me because you're hoping somewhere down the line I'm going to have sex with you? Mm. And that's horrible. It's a horrible feel. It's it's not nice to carry that around because everybody deserves their personhood. Mm. Every everybody deserves the fullness of their personhood. Mm. Um, so I don't know what the question was, but. Oh, no, that was beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> I want to I wanna um, ask you, yeah. I want to ask you how you healed from that. But first, mm. um, I'm objectified by women. Okay. Yeah. And mm. it's because of my celebrity. So I'm like, mm. do you like me because you know, I got yes. a little bit of money and power. Or yes. do you like me for me, right? Yeah. And, and then also, I remember one time I had this girl who, um, she wanted to speak to me on the phone, okay? Mm, mm. And um, I've never felt so objectified in my life. The woman said to me, she got on the phone, she said, um, I find your mind very intriguing. And I said, thank you. She said, okay, speak. Tell me something mm. I don't know. And I was just like... So I said to her, I said, cheetahs are the fastest land animal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> she said, what? I said, cheetahs are the fastest land animal. And she's like, mm. why are you telling me this? I said, you said, tell you something you didn't know. I told you something you probably right. didn't know. Cheetahs <laughs> are the fastest land animal. And I, I, I purposely gave her a boring conversation. We never spoke again. A very attractive woman, completely my type, mm. but I've never been so turned mm. off by that mm. so now i question yes. people and i'm like 
All right, so my soulmate is probably in a village in Africa somewhere who doesn't own a telephone, right? Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. go find my wife in a village somewhere, right? Because she doesn't know who I am. She's going to take, she's going to talk to me for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. And then yeah. we can actually yeah. have a real connection. Yeah. But I do, so I can relate in that aspect. I can't relate in yeah. the aspect of looking great because I don't look as good as you, right? However, I want to know how you healed with dealing with the fact that you're super attractive and men are always going to objectify you and look at how you are. I mean, the chat's over here like, oh my God, they're falling in love with you, right? It's just, 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 just what the chat is saying, right? And um, <laughs> so how do you... How do you heal from that? What did you do to sort of come to terms with, okay, I'm fucking beautiful. Here's where I'm going from here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I, after I said that sincere prayer and I discussed it with um, a man in, in a a church, I know. What did I say? I said I was volunteering. I was out volunteering one day and I remember speaking to this man and I said, I have a real problem with God as the father and this mean, this mean guy called God, who's, who's just so judgy. And there's all these men around that are just judging women all the time Mm. and critiquing us and tearing us apart and not letting us exist in the fullness of us. Because if you, if you do this, you're a slut. If you do this, you're, you're a wife, but I'm going to cheat on you because you're not this enough. Mm. Um, so (laughs) it's like, I said a sincere prayer, you know, God repair my relationships with men because, uh, well, I'm still single. So yeah, there's something off. (laughs) Um, I was, I was then fortunate enough to be around men who did not look at me sexually Mm. or did a very good job of hiding it. They were hiding it, but continue. (laughs) They did a good enough job of hiding it Uh that I was able to go, oh, okay, I can, I can speak and you're actually listening and you're responding in a way that honors what has come out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, so thank you, thank, thank you for listening. And, and, you know, and you've managed to keep your eyes up here and, you know, thank you for that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 so then what that, what that allowed for me to do is to go, okay, what's my responsibility here? Um, if I know that there is a side to men that is, perhaps more sexually motivated or sexually driven than I find for myself, myself. Mm -hmm. Um, If I say I love these men that I'm, that are in my community, can I support them in not being slaves to their lust? Can I support them in that? Well, what would I do? Perhaps I'd dress a little differently. Um, So I decided for myself that I would just, take care a little bit with how I dress. You know, I still love to look sexy and I still love, you know, I, I, I'm not, no, actually I don't love to look sexy. I find, I find tight clothing um, a little bit uncomfortable actually sometimes. Um, But you know, whatever. Um, But what I, I tweeted the other day, again, another Tanya quote for you. Um, (laughs) I, I said, your clothes, 
can evoke an energetic armor within. And so how can I, how can I add meaning to everything that I'm doing to create the experience of my life that I want to see for myself? Mm. So, you know, I bought a couple of new things and, and I, I, I decided to lean into being a lady and, you know, ain't nobody want to hear that these days, but it, it's worked for me in terms of how I feel about myself. What do you I mean, feel like a, like a lady. What, is, what does that like mean? A, well, just, you know, it's just. I, I, I did a little field research. Okay. And I, I, I noticed what kinds of men were sort of interested in me, depending on what I was wearing. Mm. Um, and, and so was I, was I making sure that I was intentional with the message through my clothes about what I would need to draw into my life for me to be later on, you know, satisfied intellectually, for example, in a marriage, um, you know, how can I be the woman that I see that I am down the line? Well, you know, you could be more of her now, even if you don't quite have $50,000 for one outfit yet. Um, <laughs> you can do everything very well on a budget. You know, I bought this swimsuit the other day that uh, from the grocery store, it was 20 bucks and it makes me feel very good. You know, it makes me feel like an old Hollywood glamour puss. Um, it, but like, it's a nice feeling. Mm. Um, and it's sort of, it's not too revealing, but it's still, it's enough that mm. I feel good and I, I feel attractive, but it's, it doesn't invite the kind of mm. attention that makes me feel a bit queasy, you know? Mm. Um, and also what I noticed is that, oh gosh, oh gosh, I'm talking a lot today. I love it. <laughs> I, I'm having so much fun. Please go. <laughs> me too. I really am having a great time. Um, but I, I did not, I want to be able to rest in my feminine. I want to be able to rest in my feminine so that a masculine, like the kind of man that I would like to be with who can um, <laughs> provide me with the experience that I need to stay in, stay on track. Um, you know, I, <laughs> See, that's another thing that I worked on. I, I try not to be vulgar. I want vulgar. I want the vulgarity. I want, there's nothing more honest than vulgarity. I know, but I, it's not for everyone. And I, what I realized was like, even when I was trying to curse, it was inviting the wrong resonance into my life, you know? Okay. So Although, you know, of course. Because I really want to understand this point. Hey, well, I'm look. I'm looking for a masculine man who, you know, knows when to just laugh at me and just be like, oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, whereas like a lot of guys are simp's or mm. whatever, and they'll do whatever I say. <laughs> so that's not your type. Okay, all right. You don't want to cuck me. No, I don't. I don't. Okay. That's good. <laughs> I would like you to know, I would like you to know when to not take me seriously. Mm. Yes. Yes. 
because then I can rest in what I like to rest in, mm. which is ide- which is ideas and which is, you know, a slower pace and which is, I don't know, whatever, beauty. Mm. <laughs> yes. Being a woman. Yeah. Being feminine. Being a woman. Exactly. Being a woman. Yeah. But that's not to deny all, all the mess and the muckiness of being a woman, because that's there, too. Mm. And you better know that it's there with yeah. all of us, no matter how what we look like. Yeah. There's a there's a lot of muck. Right. <laughs> yes, there is. Absolutely. There is. We're going to we're going to we're going to actually throw you right into that muck right now. Um, I have about 15 minutes before, before I have to go into a product meeting and we're going to have to do a part two to this very, very soon, sooner yes. than I usually do part yes. twos. But um, you said you wanted to change the way you dress to attract a different crowd. Mm. Now, the feminists will say we shouldn't have to change the way we dress just yeah. to make men act different. How do you respond yeah. to something like that? Well, it's... equal responsibility if, if you believe in equality then you must believe in equal responsibility uh-oh uh-oh <laughs> but you, don't have to, you don't have to believe in anything don't listen to me that sounds what? like a, what did i just say <laughs> it sounds like accountability <laughs> well indeed indeed because i don't want to live my life on a never-ending loop of the same results so mm. you know how about I stop complaining about men and blah, blah, whatever. And how about I just get myself bright? Mm. Mm. Focus on self. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. Next point I want to cover. Yeah. You said you didn't like this idea of God being a man, right? And... Mm. This is something I had pondered on a long time, right? So my higher self says God is neither man nor woman. In fact, God is not its name. It ha- its name cannot be fathomed. But anyway, if we were going to give this thing a gender, hmm. I've tweeted out before and um, I've referred to God as pronouns she and her. We got to use pronouns today, right? Um, mm-hmm. Pronouns she and her. So these are the pronouns I've given to God. And I get a lot of pushback, especially amongst the Christians. And I say, if you are a man and you envision a male God, then you must like penis. You got to be gay. Mm. You're gay. If you die and you want to see a man, you're gay. When I die, I want to see women. I want to be surrounded (laughs) by women. I want the angels to be women and I want God to be a woman. In fact, when I die, there better not be any men there. (laughs) <laughs> I want to be the only man at the party, okay? Secondly, cool. yeah. secondly God creates life. Mm. Mm. Maybe men, you might be trans if you think a man can create a life. So how can you equate God to being a man and not a woman when woman is the only one with the ability to create life? So I agree with you there. God's a woman. Mm. She and her, and she's beautiful. She's a light-skinned, mixed woman. <laughs> well, I have nothing to add. Um, can I tell you why I like uh, mixed women? Yes. This is my therapy session, just in case you haven't. 
Um, and then I have one more question to ask you before we get out of here about how you healed with this thing with white people, because I know how I healed and I want to know how you healed, but let's talk about why yeah. I like mixed women. Yeah. My heart goes out to black women because I think that life has been so harsh. And I think that, uh, Vietnam, World War II, the crack ever, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton have done such a number on black men that black women have had to be, have had to create a rough exterior and this rough exterior doesn't allow them to be feminine. In fact, you can't survive in the hood being feminine. You're just not going to, you're going to get destroyed. Um, unless you go, I think you can go ultra feminine and probably win, but you'd have to go ultra feminine. Like you'd have to really be in your feminine. You know what I'm saying? Um, so my heart goes out to them now. I don't like ghetto shit, right? So I could never really seriously date a ghetto girl. I can't date white women, but I love the feminine that white women give off. In fact, if I was to date a white woman, she'd have to be 40 plus. I think 40 plus white women are absolutely gorgeous. I don't know why. Okay. Um, But I think it's because they have this balance, right? Like mixed women have this balance between I got enough of black culture to understand Hotep Jesus, but I got enough white in me to be feminine, to be proper, so to speak. Mm. Anyway, don't touch none mm. of that because it's going to get you in trouble. I want to know. Yeah, <laughs> not touching any of it. And let the record state that Tanya Fair did not touch any of that. <laughs> That was all Hotep. <laughs> that was all me. Hollywood, that was all me. Okay. I don't know. In fact, Tanya doesn't even like me. She, she I, I paid her to do this. Oh, he's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, so how did you heal with this relationship with white folks? Well, because I've had many white people who have given me genuine love and support throughout my life. So mm. I had to, I had to just acknowledge that, mm. Mm. you know, you had good I examples, just, had to just like the males, males yeah. you had good examples that kind yes, of gave you hope. Exactly. You like, okay, yes, not all these it, people yes. are bad. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Cause they're not, yeah. you know? Mm. Yeah. Are you going to marry a white man or a black man? Don't answer that. <sighs> no, no. Don't answer that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think that we should just leave that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's, let's leave, leave let's, that one. Let's, let's, leave, let's, let's, him let's, let's leave him guessing. <laughs> let's leave him guessing. <laughs> We're gonna get that one answered. Let's on see part who comes two. with the biggest the biggest offer. Mm. <laughs> mm. Who has the largest dowry? <laughs> How many cows do you bring, sir? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, all right, let me run through these super chats before we get out of here. Shout out to Cannon Hotep. Make sure you guys subscribe to Cannon Hotep. He handles all things guns in America. Um, salute from YouTube jail. Ready for the fire convo. Um, yeah, Cannon Hotep was put in YouTube jail recently. So shout out to him. Um, you know, the thing about me and my inappropriate comments, inappropriate yes. comments are basically um, sharing too much information. 
And I think that people don't yes. do that enough. I think if everybody shared what they really thought, it'd be a world full of inappropriate comments. But inappropriate comments are just basically things that make people feel uncomfortable. But I like making people feel uncomfortable sometimes. Um, Chad Lemoyne, he said, uh, if you have to deliver bad news, it helps if you're not ugly. The late Mitch Hedberg. Mm, indeed. Uh, Kuntep, relax. Um, Chad Lemoyne, he said, uh, seek the proper reward, a true reward worthy of effort. The grift is fleeting. Participation in creation is eternal, all for the glory of God. Shout out to Chad. He's been. So Chad's like my first white friend in my adulthood. I had no <laughs> hope for white people previously. Um, uh-huh. But I healed because, like I said, I reached my higher self. And I was like, in order to be my higher self, I have to love all. And then through that, I released my hatred of white people. And I've gotten like, so now I can name my white friends. Um, Chad, Trish, Jeff, Brody, Taylor, and Cassius. These are my white friends. Lovely. Now. Yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah. Great. And, and you I've know got what? too many to name. Do you? I, I'm jealous. Yeah. I'm envious. Um, but you know what? I wouldn't be where I was if it wasn't for my healing because white people have contributed mm-hmm. so much, so much. And they're great mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think if we can have more conversations that are frank, we can tear down some of these racial barriers. In fact, next time we come back, we're going to yes. talk about how we can tear down some of these racial barriers. Yes. We're going to have a yes. long IG conversation and just like hash out some conversations that we can have. Um, yes. But today I just wanted to uh, get to know Tanya Fear. And I think um, I've just begun to scratch the surface. And it was a wonderful conversation. Thank you. Thank you. It really was. It <laughs> exceeded my expectations, which were already very high. <laughs> Oh, wow. I did a good job. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, Your uh, links are in the description box below. Make sure you guys follow her um, on on Twitter and Instagram. And um, also, she has a YouTube channel. You guys can go subscribe there. But all her links are there. Um, And we will. I promise I'll make some more stuff soon. Please do. Please do. Yeah, I will. (laughs) And um, yeah. So thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This will be on SoundCloud and uh, Spotify and iTunes podcast or Apple podcast in the near future. So uh, look out for that. See you. Hold on. I got to figure out which one of these is the. Uh... Twitch presents. Our next big thing. Something long promised. But never delivered. Getting paid. For using. Twitter. For how many long years have you toiled for free on this godforsaken site? What a mess. What a shame. What could have been. But now Twitch is here. To save the day yet again. You'll finally be getting paid for all your hard work. <laughs>